So we have Roberts, Larson, Shipley, and Messina. So that's four for a quorum. Very good, then let me make sure. Uh, Matt, do you have audio? I believe I've got it all now. Okay, good. Sorry, I apologize. I thought I had registered and struggled to find the link. <laughs> That's all right. Let's go ahead and get started, though, everyone. Um, let me click over here to my agenda. Um, welcome, everyone, to the Metropolitan Planning Organization Policy Board meeting for Thursday, July 21st, 2022. Uh, first, we'll have some uh, announcements and explanation from staff. Great, thank you. My name is Jessica. Broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled and all chats will go directly to staff. Uh, unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn off your video. This allows active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting, and when you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city or MPO reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to Chair Courtney Shipley. Thank you. Let's go ahead and do roll. I think Paul usually calls that for us. Yes, thank you. Her. Kelly. Larson? Here. Messina? Here. Roberts? Here. Chipley? Here. Thomas? Okay, so we do have uh, four present for a quorum. Um, Lindley Sanford's here for the city of Lecompton. Lindley, point of information, this is MPO Policy Board. Member, this isn't the TAC. Okay, is Matt present? Yes, Matt is on the call. On the call. Okay, um, we'll go on. Uh, is there any public comment? Yes, there's sorry, there's people in the room to provide public comment today. Okay, I'm going to let you. Thank you. Uh, Sayed Holcomb at 1817 Lernard. Uh, thank you. you know, at first, we wondered where everybody was, and now we know where you are. Oh, yeah, they have, just, we haven't come back in person. I know, we're not used to that. It's, it's cooler wherever they are than coming here down here. I just. Uh, I want to thank you again for this opportunity to uh, uh, speak with this group. Uh, and it's reminiscent, really, uh, of other times because I'm speaking as a moderator of Lettuce when uh, we were very involved in the development of the 2040 Comprehensive Plan. And one of the things we advocated for, in which we had a great conversation, in which the Comprehensive uh, Planning uh, at that time agreed with us, was to move up uh, the natural environment to a higher priority than it was before. And we appreciated that. And so going back to uh, Lettuce, which is composed of nine different uh, faith groups, interfaith, 
we talked some more and we wanted to continue with that. And we found that there were many good uh, suggestions made in the 2040 plan, including that one. But the reason we did that was that we were not anti-growth. Now there were people that said by pushing that up to the top that we were simply being anti-growth. The consideration of the natural environment was given a higher priority than the previous comprehensive plan because it tended to be growth for growth's sake. And we thought that thoughtful growth would be as sustainable as possible. By being sustainable, we mean a three-legged stool. Stool. People, planet, profits. The planet being a part of that and the people being a part of the planet. First of all, we are opposing the walker extension and I don't want to be presumptuous because we may be entirely wrong, but we just wonder if it's the tail wagging the head, if KDOT is coming in with something that people haven't had time to really consider. But beyond that, we're also asking that it not be supported because we think that anyone living south of Lawrence, of course, should be served, and this is one of the issues, in case of emergency medical. And we can appreciate, but we feel that the healing needed for the flora and fauna if a road and bridge is considered and constructed outweighs this concern. Living outside the city is a choice and does present some concerns, but we feel that choice was made realizing what would be needed if an emergency medical situation arose. And I don't want to presume because I imagine that you as a committee know that the riparian area on both sides of the river is a habitat we need to preserve. Extraordinary biodiversity that is sustained and the same for the soil that will be permanently altered as a habitat. And I want to quote to you, and I realize this is a long one, but I think it's worthy of consideration, uh, a quote from E.O. Wilson, who is an American biology ecologist, naturalist at Harvard University. He said, the worst thing that will probably happen, in fact, it's already well underway, is not energy depletion, economic collapse, a conventional war, or the expansion of totalitarian governments. As terrible as these catastrophes would be for us, they can be repaired in a few generations. The one process now going on that will take millions of years to correct is loss of genetic and species diversity by the destruction of natural habitats. This is the folly. Our descendants are least likely to forgive us. And so I hope we do not have this folly in the case of the Wakarusa extension that is destroying important habitats. Thank you for your time. Where am I supposed to look? <laughs> <laughs> well, the camera sees you, so just in general, look they at, can they can see you. Look yes, at this into screen the here. webcam. Yep. Hi, I'm Michael Allman with Sustainability Action Network. Um, after Plan 2040 was adopted, go oh, three years ago, and um, we we're still working on Transportation 2040. I brought up the issue that is reflected in both the plans, which is that in, transport, in uh, plan 2040, it says expanded or new transportation facilities allow a community to grow into new areas. Land use and transportation are inextricably linked. And then similar in transportation 2040, Linked transportation to land use planning is critical because each aspect dictates the design of the other. 
So we can't separate the two. Everybody knows that it's common knowledge. Um, and that's the problem with the Wakarusa extension. Right now, it hasn't been publicly vetted. And a county engineer who is primarily driving this, the city engineer, and a KDOT engineer or several engineers are basically putting a road into an area of the county that is tier three growth, uh, not intended for growth. Um, and engineers basically who create a line item with a number and a date are dictating our land use policy. That is dictating in the sense that it's potentially piggybacked on the SLT project uh, to meet KDOT's uh, stipulations for cost share. ...is supposed to be done, such as the Planning Commission and this body, for example, that matter. Um, at the first uh, hearing for the K-10 crossing development at Highway 59 and K-10. Mayor Mike Amy since the time when the first proposal of four or five were voted down, Mike Amick said, once you take the water line underneath the river, I'm sure it will open up the entire area for development. And there are 400 plus acres in that area. Not only is this road, the Wakarusa extension being gone, gone south of the river, but also other infrastructure, water line and sewer. Um, all this extension will lead to sprawl. Um, right now, their area, which is capability one prime farmland where the road is supposed to go, uh, that is not in the floodplain. So it can be built on right now, 20 acre parcels, housing, residential. The only reason it's not, there's no road access. So what are we looking at here? Put a road in there. What's the logical, where, where's that logically going? Um, this needs to be addressed and what we would like the, this body here to do today is delete the funding because it's inappropriate project for a road to be dictating our land use. And like I said, it has not been publicly vetted. So basically that's my point and I appreciate your time. Go ahead. My name is Steve Cadu at the 628 Forest in Lawrence. When we consider projects like this, uh, my concern, and for many of us as Indigenous people, is the is the biodiversity and the total the total uh, uh, study of, of uh, developments like this. We refer it as we refer to it as uh, te technical uh, <clears throat> traditional ecological knowledge that 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 means 
the incorporation of the of the studies of people, plants and animals, and spirituality. Now, spirituality uh, may not uh, may not come into play in in Western uh, study of development, but for Native Americans, spirituality is our is is a is a great concern of ours in in development or in in our cultural activities. So, however the the study or the plans go forward. Uh, we want to, the city commission to give consideration and uh, and more than your consideration, we consider it a priority uh, of, uh, of traditional ecological knowledge in in any plan that that may go forward. Thank you for the presentation. I'm Joe Douglas. I live at 2804 Oxford Road, and I, I sent a statement in. I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, basically, I'm I'm a I realize I'm a conservative liberal. I, I really believe and appreciate what what government can do, but I also uh, uh, very much opposed to waste. And I I've, I I just see no compelling need for the extension of Wakarusa. I, I ride a bicycle a lot and I was out there today with a group of uh, bike club and passed by both ends of where this road would go. And the, there are three other ways to get from uh, north to south in that area, the Highway 59 and over the dam and un, just below the dam. It's easy to get there. Um, the, the other, so I, I really don't, don't want to see tax money wasted on on a road that I think is 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 not needed. Uh, the other thing I, I'm really concerned about is is with climate change is um, uh, the use of how we use energy and and the the uh, release of CO2 and and the the production of cement and concrete is is really a uh, one of the major. Um, cause release of uh, CO2 in, in the United States. And so I, I think we, we, it, we, it's not only uh, costly in money, but, but we're wasting valuable resources and we're adding to the problems that we're, we're trying fitfully, fitfully to, to, to work on uh, otherwise uh, with climate change. Anyway, so, I, so I'm basically... I would appreciate you just simply um, dismissing it. Thank you. Okay. That is, I believe, everyone in the room who's present to provide comments. Is there anyone online that would like to provide comments? I see one hand raised. Maddie? Hi, I'm Maddie Bell. I'm also a resident of Florence. Um, also in uh, opposition to this Wakarusa Road extension. Uh, for the reasons listed, also regarding CO2, um, the area is a great carbon sink, so disrupting it would release a lot of carbon into the atmosphere. Um, the Clinton Lake to the Baker Wetlands is an animal. There would be more vehicle collisions if a road is built there. I've also heard argument that the 
leave uh, traffic congestion, investing in public transportation and reducing the number of cars on roads is what does that. Um, and uh, yeah, it just seems like a waste of money for expansion into an area that uh, has been determined. It's literally road to nowhere. It would cost uh, whoever pays for this road money down the line that KDOT is not going to uh, pay for repairs because, and no one lives there, so taxes can't be um, uh, collected on it. Uh, and it just seems like a really, uh, like a, Thank you. Anyone else on, I'm muted. Anyone else online uh, here to provide comments? I see no other indication that there are other comments, people seeking to provide comments today. All right, thank you, Jessica. Thank you, commenters. Um, that brings us to approving the minutes for June 16th. Unless there are any corrections, um, I would entertain a motion. Move to approve. Matt Roberts, I second that. Uh, Mayor Shipley, I have a first and a second. Um, and so I, I will let go, Paul go ahead and take roll for us. Larson. Yes. Messina. Messina. Yes. Roberts. Yes. Shipley. Yes. The motion passes unanimously. Great. Thank you, everyone. Uh, that brings us to our agenda items. The first is the 2022 Unified Planning Work Program. Oh, whoop. Amendment number one. Um, and I, I didn't ask in advance, but I presume that would be Jessica. Yes, that's me. Hello, I have for you today for your consideration um, an amendment to our Unified Planning Work Program, Amendment 1 to 2022. Um, it was out for public comment June 17th to July 1st, and no public comment were received. This um, amendment increases the total budget by $85,000. Um, we were awarded additional consolidated planning grant funding, of which we're not even proposing programming all of it eligible this year, which means the rest will be available next year. Um, and, and for based on the allocation increasing um, from the feds and that passed through um, down the state based on our consolidated plan planning grant formula. So this amendment changes, um, revises the remaining work that we have, uh, considers payouts related to changes in staff, um, adjustments to hourly rates based on existing staff. Um, it updates existing direct expenses for janitorial and consultant services based on award, having awarded those uh, contracts now. Um, and it adds additional part-time staff of uh, build to the grant um, of existing city staff. So re reimbursement 
um, to the city of Lawrence, uh, 80% amount for staff who work on eligible items in the grant. Additionally, we have uh, the text changes to reflect those budget changes and also some changes to timeline and tasks. Um, we amended the work that we were planning to do around strategies for research um, to our participation in the Lawrence Land Development Code update. Um, and so that's where that's the change. Those are the changes that are being proposed with this amendment. I'd be happy to entertain any questions you may have about our work program uh, for this year. Any questions? Um, adjustments made, but I did want to call out under section one for a a budget amount that would probably need to be edited to reflect the actual amount proposed. I think it's just an additional zero. Um, Thank you. Behind the comma. So there's no confusion if that's five thousand or fifty-five thousand. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Is there any public comment? I see no indication from anyone present or online that they wish to comment on this item. All right, thank you. Uh, let's make sure there's no. Uh, Look like it. Surprisingly, I don't. I don't have anything. <laughs> uh, so I guess that'll bring us Paul. Or uh, well, let me. Uh, see if there's any motions first. Come on, you want to make a motion? Um, I'll make a motion on item number one. Approve, approve of the 2022 Unified Planning Work Program, Amendment Number One. Yeah, Messina, kid. I also second. Great, uh, Mayor Shipley. I have a first and a second. Paul, can you take our roll for us, please? Larson. Yes. Messina. Yes. Roberts. Okay, the motion passes unanimously. All right, thank you, everyone. Our next item is Safe Streets and Roads for All, SS4A grant. Um, and again, I, Jessica, is that you? Yes. Thank you. Um, the MPO staff is proposing to coordinate uh, with the city of Lawrence and the city of Eudora. Um, and we've ind received indication that Baldwin City would like to join us also as city members of the Technical Advisory Committee and the MPO to prepare a joint application to develop an action plan under the Safe Streets and Roads for All grant. This would ensure that if we got the grant, could develop the action plan that these uh, cities would be eligible in the future 
future for future infrastructure funding under the same program. Um, there's some very specific requirements in the safe streets and roads for all grant that we do not have met in our existing multimodal transportation plans. And so this would be to propose to do that work to submit an application that's due September 15th. Um, if awarded, this would be part of what we would develop as part of our 2023 work program to co-manage the development of the safety action plan um, with the cities involved in this. The Technical Advisory Committee uh, unanimously recommended approval at their July 5th meeting um, to uh, have MPO recommend that MPO staff work on this initiative. Mayor Shipley, any questions? I think it's, yeah. this is Commissioner Larson. I think it's a great idea to pursue all these opportunities for grants for sure. And, um, you know, I strongly encourage it. Without any questions, I'm sorry. Yeah, Matt Messina, KDOT. I was curious if this was Um, that's a good technical question. We're going to have to figure out logistically. We inquired with all of the participants at the Technical Advisory Committee, um, so all the county and all of the cities, and these are the only cities that have indicated to us they're interested in a joint application. Since the City of Lawrence is the fiscal agent for the MPO, the City of Lawrence has the official UEI um, as that agent. So they will likely be the actual applicant in SAM.gov and, and the rest of us will be joint applicants in the process. I think that's how this is likely going to go down. It'll, we have to, I have some questions to follow up with KDOT though, uh, Matt. And so we'll do that with the contacts for in, in the grant division. I attended the webinar yesterday that KDOT had around their participation because we envision um, notifying KDOT that of our intent to do this. And KDOT does have a program where they have indicated as a partner that they're willing to contribute a portion of the match to help fund this project. Um, different varying amounts based on if it's a re, if it's a joint application or if it's um, smaller urban or smaller cities um, and other consideration for the effort. So we will have to negotiate what structure we need to do to um, benefit and uh, be able to uh, use that to that our advantage, our partnership with KDOT. Um, the county, unincorporated county, has elected not to participate in this process with us. So using the MPO region overall, we have to talk about that in terms of the technicality of using all of that crash data with them electing not to participate. Um, additionally, there are when as we've done our crash work our crash analysis for previous transportation plans we've realized that even within the geographic unincorporated areas of the county there are many state facilities um, that are within that and that's where a majority of of the crashes are occurring in in that uh in that realm in our region and so we're going to have to figure out how logistically to show that um, based on the template application for safe streets for all but i think that kind of gets into the question you're asking, Matt, and we're going to have to figure out some of those. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at, is the ability to take advantage of the full scale of 
funding assistance from what the state is offering, um, considering the population sizes of the participants. So. Questions or comments? Uh, let's. Did we already check public comment? On no, not item? yet. Okay. Let's make sure there's no public comment on this item. There is public comment. Sustainability Action Network. Um, I'm not familiar enough with the grant yet although I realize it has a lot of potential as a new source of funding from the federal government. But- Are you ready, Michael, or are you waiting on me? Pardon? Can you, he's muted. Kurt? Oh, I was muted. We are having some technical difficulty. Give us a second. Okay, try now. Testing, testing. Has that come through? Okay, great. All right, I'll start over. Um, I'm not familiar enough with the grant to know the details, but I, it, it seems like it's a major opportunity. It seems like it's a major opportunity. We had it for a second. What's going on? I don't know, Kurt. We heard, we heard that. We heard what's going on. Okay, try again. Grant. Nope, they can't hear you. Can I? Should I move my microphone for Michael? No, it's the network. No, let's. I really want to hear what he has to say. Let's try. Let's try now. Okay, testing. Okay, they said yes. Everybody, thumbs up. Okay. Um, well, I'm not familiar enough with the grant to know if the funds, how the funds will be allocated among the different modes. From what I've read in the grant and the website, it's very broad and there's possibility, potential in any number of different modes from you know transit, motor vehicles, uh, rail, air, bicycles, pedestrian, I think that's true. What I'm curious about though is that allocation among the modes, is that determined more locally, like how the grant is written? Because I would hope that when a grant is written from here that, gosh, at least 10 to 15% will be for bicycle transportation. Um, I'd like to say 50%, but I know that's not reasonable and considering the efficiency of monies that go into bicycle transportation um, per volume of concrete asphalt or per, per miles or whatever, you get much more bang for your buck for transportation of moving people, not moving vehicles, but moving people with bicycle transportation than you do with motor vehicles. So. 10% or 15% could be equity with, with motor vehicle funding. So anyway, 
I hope that the grant is written with a much greater emphasis on bicycle transportation than it has been in the past, which is somewhere around 1% right now. So thank you very much. All right, is there anyone online looking to provide comment on this item? Okay, go ahead, JT. Why would the county not want to participate in this? And what's that gonna to mean to, to the... Uh... To answer that question, I have no idea to either. Um, I can't I can't answer those questions for them. Matt, do you know enough about I don't know if you attended the presentation enough to know how it will impact competitiveness in terms of our fatality? Okay, I want to try not to butcher this. The fatality rate if you include all of the jurisdictions and geographical areas within the county is worse than if you just include the areas that are partnering to participate. And so a lot of the determination, it seems from the federal perspective is going to happen based on fatality numbers and fatality rates for your participants in the application. So that could impact in that way, the competitiveness of applying for an opportunity like this. I did not attend the webinar, but I have been coordinating with the um, Bureau responsible for administering that partnership. And I think we just wanna point out that this is the opportunity to produce the action plan that is required to be eligible for the implementation um, construction side. So by uh, not participating, you could potentially um, just not have the, have the opportunity uh, to take advantage of the construction dollars, unless you can prove that you have a plan in place that does meet the requirements of the program that can support and justify an application for the construction side. if that helped clarify your question. There was a remaining question out there from uh, Michael Allman. I would also like to take the opportunity to answer if that's okay. Um, in regards to the division of funding, the amount of money that we're requesting is for a uh, vision zero safety action plan. It requires you to do planning, which will be a. So there, that's part of the uh, materials they're asking you to put together in your application is the actual crash data rate and fatality numbers for your region. And then your stakeholders, what you're committing to in that process, in that application is bringing stakeholders together 
And you kind of explain who you're doing that with in relationship to the jurisdictions you have pertaining to work on addressing what it would take to get to your vision zero and your incremental steps. So if you can't get there overnight, right? It's what is the steps in terms of projects and other things. The USDOT has a safe systems approach that we're going to have to learn a little more about, I think, in terms of just some of the reading I've done. It's their transition away from the ease, which are the conventional transportation planning, where they envision kind of these siloed sectors between engineering, evaluation, environment, education, encouragement, equity to a more cohesive approach where we recognize um, that humans make mistakes and that people are vulnerable and some people are even more vulnerable in that system to approach safety in that way. And so uh, the process that we're looking at would be basically proposing going through a process with stakeholders to address in our region what it takes to address the fatalities and to get to a vision zero um, in terms of that safe systems approach. Jessica, Matt from KDOT again. Can you help just maybe off the top of your head um, supply some of the uh, fatality data for the area in relationship to, um, you know, occupants of motor vehicles and the vulnerable users? Yeah, let me just, if you give me a second, I would just actually like to pull up the data and not recall it from the top of my right. head. Yes. So if, if you give me a second, I would be happy to do that both for um, what KDOT has shown as fatalities and what we show in our... Uh, Paul, while I'm looking for the KDOT thing, can you pull up the Transportation 20 performance report, please, and help me out? Thank you. I think showing that might help address that question of the distribution of funds. And if it's a vision zero type of action plan that the combination of entities is pursuing, then I think that it'll reflect that it's gonna be that distribution of the fatality. Um, whole numbers or rates, whichever, I forget which is being asked to um, yeah, so support your proposals. Okay, before KDOT, before Paul pulls that up, let me share with you what KDOT put together for all of the cities who have fatality information. You can see this. Let me see if I can make it bigger. No, I cannot. Okay. We're in District 1. Here we go. So here you can see is our county with a total population of 118 thousand with 42 from 2020 16 to 2020 42 fatality um, fatalities in the count you can see that then divided up by jurisdiction um, with that respective population and the crash rate um, for each area as part of that grant or as part of those those rates whenever whenever you're Good with this. Paul can show you what the breakdown is. Paul, are you ready? Yep, I can share that. Okay. So in our performance data 
port related to our federally required reporting, you can see how that breaks down kind of as a rolling average. So one of them, the, the number that KDOT's given is all of those added together. And this here is an average by year. But if you go to non-motorized, if you scroll down to serious injuries and fatalities for non-motorized, you'll be able to see kind of what that looks like in regards to number of serious injuries on all roads and then and then one more down. And then the non-motorized contribution of that, that adds a little bit of additional crashes in here because it involves serious injuries also uh, rather than uh, just fatalities. But this kind of gives you an idea of that um, rolling average, what percentage of that is bike ped or what you would consider vulnerable users. We note also that often in our planning process, as we're working with the public, there is great concern about safety, particularly for people who choose or who walk and bike. Um, and that oftentimes um, that that perception of safety also impacts how people choose to walk and bike or where or when or if they do. Um, and so there's also uh, work that we've done, particularly in bike ped plans, that um, some of those crash types, if they don't involve a motor vehicle, are underreported. And so those are just a few things that we would have the opportunity in a safety action plan likely to address. However, they're not necessarily considered in the metrics that are specifically requested in the grant application, but it would be something we would want to pay attention to because I think it impacts um, actual safety um, and use for non-motorized users is the both the perception and um, if you think about it as near misses or almost um, in terms of impacting people's uh, safety and systems. So. Hopefully that helps a little bit how, uh, as part of that conversation for some of the things that I think we'll have to uh, get involved with with our stakeholder plan uh, in the in a planning process if we would get funded. Any further questions or discussion? Um, I do need a motion for this item. Does anybody have uh, any, uh, motions? any motions? I'm, this is Commissioner Larson. I move to approve the pursuit of a joint application for a safe streets and roads for all safety action planning grant. Matt Roberts, I'll second that. Thank you. I have a first and a second. Paul, can you take roll for us? Larson? Yes. Messina? Yes. Roberts? Yes. Shipley? Yes. The motion passes unanimously.
Oops, great. Thank you, everyone. Uh-oh, my computer's not scrolling down to our next item. Well, I believe our next item, oh, quick updates, uh, Transportation 2050. Um, again, I presume this would be Jessica. Yes, thank you. Um, we finished our first round of public comment for Transportation 2050 and are working on analyzing our 200 or 728 uh, responses. We actually received a few more. We're working to integrate into our data analysis. Um, we're working on compiling uh, that community input to help uh, shape the next phase of conversation that we have with the uh, T2050 steering committee. Additionally, we're working on the collection of existing conditions um, and performance updates. Um, since the last uh, time many of those have been updated uh, to prepare and have those discussions with the steering committee to set the next kind of tone and phase for the work as we continue to progress in T2050 uh, development. Again, that plan will have to be adopted before by March of 2023 to maintain compliance uh, for federal funding. Those are the only updates I have. Does anybody else have anything? All right, um, doesn't look like it. Thank you. Um, is there any other business? Doesn't, I'm not seeing anyone. Um, that, oh, did someone say something? No, I just said no. Okay. <laughs> uh, that brings us to our next meeting, which will be August 18th. 2022 unless Jessica informs us otherwise we will plan to meet then okay great um we um are therefore finished with our business um thank you all very much for coming I appreciate it thank you thanks thank you guys